welcome into the fire. JP and I, Nicholas Charles Smith, we're tuning in here. We've got some fantasy football implications in March, which is always exciting. And we also have some Martin Scorsese film to talk about, The Last Temptation of Christ. JP, how's it going? Going good. There's, you know, there's there's more to talk about <laughs> since last week. Now, I mean, there is honestly a lot more to talk about. There is always. So, Sean Watson, I think, is a is a development. That's probably the sexiest. Start there, man. What do you What do you think? Do you think you think it was a decent move on the Browns' part? Do you think he'll be? Top five fantasy quarterback. What are you thinking? Oh man, I don't. I just I don't see. So here here's one of my thoughts. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb might be in for a decent year because okay. Deshaun Watson really plays nice with anybody that can catch a ball. Right. That, David Johnson was a stud. Oh, great call under him, and uh, we've we've seen what that's like. Mm. Um, as for wide receivers, we we don't have anything, right? Nothing. I mean, Jarvis Andrew was a free agent. Well, I mean, we do have Amari Cooper going there, so that's okay, exciting. No, that's it, Amari Cooper. That's pretty exciting. All right, so we've got Amari Cooper. I mean, I don't think Amari is, Cooper honestly is is probably even a top ten wide receiver in the NFL, but he's probably like a top twenty wide receiver in the NFL. So that's that's fine to have as your one. I mean, he's better than like Kenny Stills or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's better than Houston. There's no doubt about that. Let's let's not mince words for sure. But it's not like he's going to some supreme product well, I mean, offense. Houston, that that. Could- it also mean Will Fuller and and right. Hopkins. Those are some of his best ever. Ooh, that's true. I mean, but, Deshaun Watson makes he turns trash to treasure sometimes, doesn't he? He does, and I, I think that he's gonna do that maybe with whoever that second guy is, mm. because um, Cooper should should be Cooper should be super duper. I think so. I mean, obviously, it's a lot of moving parts, you know, moving to a new offense for both players. We talked about, what was it, DeAndre Hopkins? You you named him a couple of years ago going to Arizona. It's difficult to integrate yourself. So, it yeah, I understand. The, it, it's just about him. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just about Watson. Yes, I'm with you. And, and I think, you know, let's just throw some names out because it's hilariously fun. How about... How about Amari Cooper or his his former teammate C.D. Lamb in fantasy next year? Man, I guess. I think that's got to be C.D., right? Yeah, I guess it's C.D. For but sure. Amari could be super sneaky, though. I mean, it, I, I honestly agree with you. Deshaun Watson, man, I know it's been a long time since we've seen him, but you and I, and I think a lot of people remember, he is an absolute beast. He is a monster yeah. beast and, and just incredible on the football field. I don't want to talk about any of his allegations because it's disgusting and we're not even going to get yeah. there. But he is an absolute life. freak beast, and he can hit. And it's, it's just going to be It's going to be very fun to see. I mean, he's got a good offensive line. He's got, like you said, Chubb is Chubb doesn't have fantastic hands, but they're not the worst. Cream Hunt, 
excellent hands. I mean, that could be that could be magic right there, just that one-two punch. So really exciting to see. I, I definitely think there's huge. He has a he has a deep ball too, man. Oh man, like, unlike yeah, which Amari Cooper honestly is not a good deep threat. So you know he's more of a mid-range kind of guy. I'm trying to quickly DPJ. We got <laughs> DPJ. Yeah, oh, Donovan Peoples Jones. You're right, dude. He is he is a legitimate deep threat. Wow. DPJ could be a could be a legit nice little best ball pickup this coming year. And honestly, maybe a, a last last round, you know, third to last round or whatever pickup. That could be pretty sneaky, uh, Deshaun Jackson kind of play right there. And not for like, I guess not really for fantasy, unless it really pops off, but like the the tight ends always used to end up with like 10 points a piece. Right. And that those points really are just like possible Watson touchdowns mm-hmm. and just first downs on times when you're wanting your other pieces to, to keep scoring. So back in the day with Aikens and uh, what was that other guy's name? Oh man, I'm struggling as well with Houston tight end, but I but I'm with you that that it definitely did work out sometimes. I'm looking, I mean, you've got David Njoku still there. He he has always been constantly and I think they just paid him dollars. Or something. Yeah, I mean, he he's now the clear guy, right? They got rid of um who was that former uh, Falcons player? Austin Hooper. Exactly. He's gone. So, you know, it's it's David and Joku's show to show that he can have that mid-range dominance. And he, he's a good – he is a good pass catcher. So that could be a very sneaky – if you just completely punt tight end, uh, I'm with you, man. I think this offense is going to be pretty stout. You know, the – that division with Baltimore and Pittsburgh and, and to a lesser extent Cincinnati, I'm talking defense wise. It's honestly, you know, Pittsburgh is a kind of a middle of the pack defense. Baltimore is not as elite as it used to be. And obviously the Cincy defense is atrocious. So it, it could be open there for, for the Browns, to be honest. I mean, I don't think they're missing too many pieces. So very excited. And then, you know, we have to say war damn Eagle, Anthony Schwartz, one of the fastest men in in professional football is technically still there and and might see some deep balls as well. So yeah, I forgot could, about him. Could be another sneaky uh, best ball pick there. So that's very exciting. I mean, they did have to give up quite a lot to uh, to acquire him, but I mean, he's 26 years old. He could be easily be future of the franchise. You know, for the next six seven years to come. So very exciting for sure. Um, other, uh, fantasy news that kind of pokes out at you. I mean, we have the quarterback carousel of Atlanta, Matt Ryan going to Indianapolis, Atlanta acquiring Marcus Mariota as a two-year deal starter. So either of that, uh, exciting to you? Um, no, Michael Pittman. I mean, Matt Ryan is is okay, I guess. And, and, you know, we, we honestly haven't seen Matt Ryan behind a good offensive line in like five years. So So is Matt Ryan better than Carson Wentz? I, it's hard to say. I I honestly think as like an NFL overall, like win the game kind of thing, I feel like they're even, but as a passer, as a yardage machine, 
give him a good offensive line in Indianapolis. And, and who knows, man, he, he might be, you know, he, he's not mobile at all. So if you make him move three feet, it's over. But if you can just sit him back in the pocket for, you know, three, four seconds and get it to Michael Pittman, I think it might work out. I think it might be more conducive to what they're trying to do. You know, you've got Jonathan Taylor to take pressure off of Matt Ryan as well. So, yeah, I think for this offense, like I, I think the needle moves up a little bit for Michael Pittman. I mean, Michael Pittman, I think, is is a solid fifth, sixth round pick. You know, I mean, he's a wide receiver one on a team that should be pretty good. Really no competition. I, I'm pretty excited, actually. All right. Uh, I just. He was really disappointing last year. No doubt. He, he had a really bad year last year, for sure. I mean, he was missing everybody in the world. He had one tight end to throw it to. So I'm going to cut him some slack. I mean, I'm not drafting Matt Ryan as a quarterback option for sure, but I'm bumping the needle off for Michael Pittman, which is exciting. I mean, I, that's I what I'm th- talking about. Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman was also disappointing. You're, you're absolutely right. I'm with you. And, and maybe, honestly, this offense runs so much through Jonathan Taylor that that Pittman, unfortunately, just doesn't get his. But I don't know. I mean, what was Michael Pittman last year? Was he like ninth, tenth round? Like, I mean, it wasn't like you were really busted out there. So that's true. It was a great pick early. If yeah. you got rid of him or something, that would have been great. Yeah. He was top. Uh, I, I believe he was top five at one point in wow. the early season, like the top in the first six or seven games. Well, he's definitely got great talent, and and I think this will be a, an emerging year for him. Again, in a division that is just putrid. So, I mean, they could definitely win that division. They're they're fighting Tennessee, Jacksonville, and Houston. Like it is not it's not it's not hard to win that division. So Matt Ryan could be in the playoffs again. Um, how about on the Atlanta side of the ball, though? We've got Marcus Mariota coming. We really haven't seen him outside of being like a gadget goal line back in a long time when he wasn't very good for Tennessee. He got benched for Ryan Danahill and usurped. But we do have Cordero Patterson coming back, which is pretty interesting. I mean, he was an absolute beast, unexpected beast last year. Um, Unfortunately, Calvin Ridley gone. Um, But Kyle Pitts there. I mean, Marcus Mariota, you know what you know that the the rushing yards are cheat codes, and I don't know, man. Maybe he is kind of like a. I mean, that offensive line is so bad, but their defense is terrible too. They're going to be having to play catch up all all year long. Maybe Marcus Mariota is like just kind of like an insurance QB two, like at the back end of your draft that could pop somehow. I don't know. It's sketchy. It's really sketchy and scary. But Cordero Patterson, I think Cordero Patterson is still a what? Is he a, is he a back RB1 or is he just kind of a solid RB2? Uh, solid RB2. Okay. I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. He, he, he has an upside, though. Like I'm trying to think, um, are you going to be taking? You're going to be taking Zeke over Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to quickly look for other name. How about Antonio Gibson or Patterson? Antonio Gibson or Patterson? Yeah. Um, I guess I'd take Antonio Gibson, even okay. though I don't feel very good about it. I think I it's know. very close. I mean, I, 
I feel like I would go back and forth also. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very close though. So, so it's, I mean, that's pretty good. That's like, you know, I think that's like running back 13, 14. So it's a high end wide. I mean, running back too. So I think that's pretty good for Patterson. Um, let's think about some other news that happened during this week. Um, quickly scrolling through here. Not really. I feel like maybe I'm missing out on something, but I don't, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, maybe that was basically all the high flying news. I mean, we talked the, the Russell Wilson stuff and okay, well, maybe we got there. Um, um, there might be something we're missing, but it's probably not. We'll catch it. Yeah, we'll we'll go back for for some goodies. I mean, oh oh, one Raheem, thing. Raheem Mostert. Do we talk about him? You're right. Mostert went to Miami to play alongside Chase Edmonds. I think the fantasy football has kind of said it best, where it just muddies the water. I guess it's kind of a one A one B on a bad, probably a bad team. So. I don't know. It kind of pushes them both back into like the seventh, eighth round kind of flyer pick, right? Mm, seventh, eighth. Yeah. I mean, it's sure. not exciting. It's one of those. I mean, you could get really stuck holding the bag there if you spend anything higher than that because you just don't know who's going to succeed. Um, we didn't talk about this. This could be minor. I'm not exactly sure. But, you know, the Rams, they re-signed Matthew Stafford to a long-term deal. That's exciting. You've got Cooper Cup, obviously, freak monster. You've got Odell Beckham. I I can't exactly remember Odell Beckham. Is he – he's not a free agent, right? Or is he a free agent? Maybe he is a free agent. Yes, you're right. He is – I'm right. He, he is a free agent. So Odell Beckham is still on the market, and the Rams choose to go for Allen Robinson with a three-year deal – worth over 45 million. That is a very nice deal for Allen Robinson, particularly coming off of last year where I know he was dealing with a rookie quarterback, but man, he looked rough in Chicago. So interesting deal kind of makes it look like OBJ will not be returning. So, you know, you still got Robert Woods there, but coming off of injury at his age could be tough to to overcome. If Allen Robinson fills in as that Odell Beckham role, it's kind of interesting, right? I mean, he he might be pretty fantasy relevant, actually. I'm, I mean, I'm not talking like he could be like a, a really discounted player as well. He could. I mean, he can't go anywhere higher than the sixth round. I can't imagine. So, you know, taking a wide receiver flyer, I think it could be interesting. Matthew Stafford looked very good most of the time last year for fantasy, at least. Um, I, I guess see, I see something right here about Ooh. how they're trying to get Odell Beckham on uh, the pads. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, um, um, who am I thinking? Mac, 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 Mac Jones. Thank you. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is is there and looked very good. So that could actually be pretty exciting. They need a wide receiver bad. They invested so much into Las Vegas Raiders wide former wide receiver who I also can't remember his name. 
they paid a lot of money for a wide receiver last year and it didn't really work out, but now you have, I mean, that could be, that could be pretty juicy. Um, you know, we didn't talk about the fallout of the Watson trade to the extent that obviously Atlanta and the saints were both gunning for him hard. The saints miss out big and looks like Jamius is going to be there. Um, you know, Michael Thomas was really recruiting Deshaun Watson, but but I think Jamius can actually, you know, Michael Thomas as a fantasy star is probably going to get lost in the weeds a little bit. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to forget that he's still alive and kicking. Man, I mean, Michael Thomas with Jamius, is that like is that like round four wide receiver, Michael Thomas? Not for me. No, it's too skits. It's just been too yeah. long. Yeah, I don't trust that. I'm pretty excited. I'm 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 pretty excited. I mean, I remember the good times. It has been a long time ago, but I remember <laughs> the good times, dude. <laughs> and Jamius, you know, we've got. Uh, I'm trying. Isn't uh, isn't Sean Payton gone? Yeah, Sean Payton's gone. So, I mean, new regime here. You could get some. I think I think they might let Jamius kind of just run wild a little bit. So we'll have to see, but I'm a little excited. Uh, let's, that could be great. You're right. Okay. Michael Thomas is not. There's a lot to be said about what Michael Thomas does. He's, mm. He he just runs these little slants. Yeah. That and and like all of his. All of his uh, best, coolest plays would be like a five-minute reel. I feel like because yeah. what what Michael Thomas is a beast in the numbers. Mm-hmm. If you're watching the game and you're just being like, "Oh, they need a first down," boom. Oh, oh, they need a first down again, boom. Just. True. All right, they're down at the goal line. What are they going to do? Give it to this guy who they throw it to so freaking much? <laughs> or, you know, is yes. Kamara or uh, Ingram going to run it in? And right. It's a, it's a boring play, there's no doubt, but it can be effective. And I don't it's know. Very, it's very effective. Something when to keep Drew, your eyes on. When Drew Brees is doing it. Yeah, that's true. That's true, but... You know, quarterbacks have matured in the past, and Jamius might be there, no longer stealing lobster, uh, lobster tails or crab legs or whatever it is. So I believe in Jamius as a Ooh. as a like really late backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. He he could be a monster. He he got so many friggin' yards mm-hmm. back in the day, and a lot of the interceptions too. But I don't know. I agree with you. How about, you know, you flirted the idea that that Mitch would make it to Pittsburgh, and he did. I'm pretty sure you said that you would be excited with uh, with the wide receiver options there if that happened. Are you still feeling that way, or now that it's a reality, are you a little more gun-shy about, uh, about our beloved Pittsburgh wide receivers? I'm a little bit gun-shy about um, – <laughs> Um, what is it? Clay Claypool or whatever. Or yeah, Clay. Chase Claypool. But Deontay Johnson still still love child. 
Yeah, why not? He I, I dig it. He, he's good. Um and then Harris. Mm. That should be fine. That should be totally fine. I mean, Mitch can run, but I think he'll he'll pass it to Najee just fine. Um who doesn't get hurt. Yeah, for sure. Mitch. Their their former teammate Juju. Didn't he get picked up by Kansas City? Yeah. I think so. I mean, it. it's kind of one of those things that they have so many wide receivers that, that I just can't put any stock into that he'll actually be fantasy, either relevant or consistent at all. So kind of shrug. One year, Juju. He's a walking franchise tag. There you Jesus. go. Fucking... <laughs> Give me my bag and I'll see you later. There you go. Oh, 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 I did not. I'm sorry. I, I spoke earlier about Robert Woods still being in L.A. That is not true. He actually got yeah. traded to Tennessee Titans. I apologize. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. So the Titans pick up Robert Woods and a formerly mentioned Austin Hooper as well. Honestly, super budget uh, replacements for, I mean, Julio Jones, honestly, was probably a bit of a budget, but they gave up like a third round pick or something like that. So, man, Robert Woods and Austin Hooper is probably not the rec- um, uh, backup options, you know, the the reinforcements that uh, Ryan Tannehill was probably hoping for, but maybe they'll get it done. I mean, Robert Woods immediately slides in as the wide receiver, too, I have to imagine there. Sure. I mean, I don't think there is a lot of choices right wow. now. You're right. I mean, they could have gone for Odell Beckham, probably. Yeah, but what did Odell Beckham marked the shit out of himself, right? Uh, he, he what the shit out of himself? He marked he, him? Marked. <laughs> he like, marked the shit out of himself? Yeah, is he not injured? Does he? Didn't he have a... Like oh. a injury? Oh, I'm so sorry, dude. You're you're absolutely right. I I apologize. You're right. In the playoffs, sorry. he definitely got brutally injured. ACL, was it a full tear? Yeah. It was a full tear. God damn it, dude. I I forget these things. I apologize. Thank you for keeping me honest. You're you're right. That's that's pretty rough. He's just like things were going really good for Odell Beckham mm-hmm. as like a supporting Wide receiver for right. a really, really dope wide receiver. Damn it. Um, but I don't know. After that, I don't that I feel like that's why people are being a little standoffish about him. Yeah. That makes right total now. sense. Yeah, I mean it was it wasn't a Super Bowl, right? Or it was at least in a, a big game, maybe a Super Bowl. That's so memorable. Oh, that hurts everybody, so bad. Everybody remembers seeing it and they're like, well, we'll see how you are when you come back, I guess. Right. right. Well, on that somewhat sad note, uh, should we turn our attention towards uh, Martin Scorsese? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this time we are coming off of that smaller budget, interesting film after hours about a young guy who has a bit of a night of terror and uh, and that was that was interesting. Tune into our last episode if you haven't. And now we take a hard right turn and go into the Last Temptation of Christ, a, a film that I was very excited by. Obviously, I am not religious in the least bit, but still, I had heard plenty of good things about this film for a long time. Always wanted to watch it. 
just uh, as an interesting spinoff of an interesting take on obviously a well-known story, but seemed really cool. Never got around to it. And, and we're finally here, man. Um, did watch it. It has, I think I watched it earlier in the week. So it has been a little while, but I'm, I'm trying to kind of recap myself, but uh, JP, what did you think, man? Just kind of overall impressions with this one. Um, I think this was my first time seeing it. A lot of the parts of it seemed a little familiar, mm. but I guess it's a familiar story. Right. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of like biblical stuff, like, yes. like just how it was in, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I want to preface this by saying like my favorite thing about the film is just like a few of the people that I got to see in it. Like I got to see John Lurie mm-hmm. and uh, Harry Dean Stanton was in this movie. And I love seeing those guys. Um, you got a you got a twofer, man. You got Stanton and and John. That was that was just like your perfect combo right there. Yeah, <laughs> love those two guys. Um, and yeah, like I've always heard that like before this that that like this movie was gonna happen. Like like uh, Scorsese had been like writing this thing for like almost a decade um it's based on a book about like what if jesus was more human um than this uh the one that we kind of know from popular religion and stuff like that and uh you know a lot of the things are the same and and it's not it only starts kind of being fan fiction after a little while, you know, like, yes. uh, it's, uh, that's what it is. It's by, it's like Bible fan fiction. Um, it, it tells a, a different story and it's, it's a, it's good. Like, uh, uh at, at times it's really good. The whole depiction of the devil at the end was, it was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> there's the part where the devil is like, every woman is the same woman or whatever. Yes. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Like they're all, they're all for you. Right. That's kind of the, the implication I got was they're all for you, man. Just go, go to the next. Right. One, right? <laughs> and how, and at that point I was like, Okay, you're just going to hear that and be like, oh, cool. <laughs> and and uh, like, you know, the whole thing, it's almost as if like it was just like a like a like a dream or like a vision or something at the end, because in, in the movie, it turns back time, you know, to where he can actually sacrifice himself after he. I guess copped out and right. got off the cross for for this little girl who was be life. To be an angel. Right, right. Um all in all, it was 
it was it was a it, it was pretty good it was just uh i can't put my finger on it it's he it it's all about martin to me you know mm. like hmm. like he's so into this religion crap yeah. you're right like, like he's so into the like catholicism and like like god and repenting and like all it's all in his in his other um movies that we've been watching a lot of them for sure this is like a culmination of uh of his things like what what would be this for david lynch you mean like a kind of ongoing um theme or kind of uh, yeah like a nut that he finally busted man i mean it's a good question i i feel like David always, always reached. Oh, I know what it was. I know exactly what it was. It's when he finally did straight up um, Wizard of Oz crap in that, in that. Um... <laughs> oh, when you had the fairy come down? Yeah, because, you know, he always does Wizard of Oz imagery. Oh, that's a great call. Wild at heart. Wild at heart at the end. There you go. Oh man, that that is you're right. That was the climax of, of what David absolutely wanted to do with his with his life right there. But what did I, you think about it? You know, I agree with a lot of your sentiments. You know, I I honestly as somebody who was raised with almost no religion, I I was I I knew obviously the general story of Jesus and, and quite a few of his um, you know, supposed uh miracles and i kind of knew that but honestly i was i learned quite a bit i guess about what the bible says you know i and and honestly i don't really know if if some of the stuff that we saw was in the bible or not for example you know when this was when when this movie starts i i was pretty sure that william defoe's character was jesus but he starts by making crosses for other jews to be uh crucified on which i did not know that christ or jesus christ did that um so if that's true i was it took me about 10 minutes for me like okay no this this is jesus right here we're watching that that was a very strong opening scene where you have jesus literally putting jews on the on the own his own cross that he makes for them um obviously circular nature at the very end he's literally on that cross himself um, yeah, so I this found Jesus that, didn't know that he was um, like divine at that point, you know. I guess not. I mean, it's hard to say. He, he at that same time in the opening scenes, he clearly has attacks or whatever you want to call it, where he seems to have conversations with God and stuff. It's unclear whether he thinks or knows that he's the Messiah or whatnot at that point, but it was a, it was a bit of a confusing start for me, but also I thought it was very good. I do think that, you know, just kind of to step back a little bit, William Defoe was heavily praised for his acting chops here while Harvey Keitel, who played Judas in this film was harshly criticized. And I honestly don't really get either of those. I thought William Defoe was fine um, you know, I think I've seen him in better stuff. I think I've seen him act better, to be honest. So I thought he was fine. And I don't think Harvey Keitel was really that bad at all. Maybe it was going in with those preconceptions, but 
I mean, if Keitel is getting beef from his role because he has a strong, you know, New York accent coming into what's supposed to be the Middle East, I mean, that's one thing. Of course, all of the actors in this movie that are in predominant roles are, you know, white people. So I don't know. I, I kind of disagree on the hate for Keitel in this role. I thought he was honestly just fine as Judas, to be honest. Um, but but a same. lot of what was that? I'm sorry, JP. I'm, I feel the same. But, but a lot of a lot of thoughts. I mean, this is 1988 that this is coming about. And and obviously, you know, Wikipedia will go on and on about how there was a lot of turmoil at the time, um, backlash from the Christian community or whatever. I mean, I, I don't give a fuck about that, to be honest. But as a movie, I think I think my favorite parts about it is really I felt like this movie was very immersive. Um you know, a lot of the shots are really bleak, empty desert shots with just some dudes kind of walking around, um, struggling in the heat and and living tough lives. And it's it's a very immersive film to me. It really puts me into that setting where, you know, back in the day, there's not a lot of people around. There's, there's, you know, even the bigger cities are are pretty small, to be honest. And, you know, a lot of people are there's there the basically the Jewish world is a separate world from the Roman world. I mean, we don't see a a Roman. I, I thought the I thought the Roman transgression or whatever you want to call it, the the aggressive uh, nature would have been a lot more prevalent in this film. We get to see like one Roman person <laughs> and it's, and it's David Bowie who honestly, I think did a great job in his small scene. I thought it was awesome, but man, like this is a Jewish world that we're looking into um, with, you know, not a lot of food, not a lot of water. And it's just a bleak situation that, I mean, I don't even care if it's a religious parable. I just love that kind of immersion personally. It was, it was probably the strongest point of the movie for me. Um, I did hear that there was some anti-Semitism about the fact that they called they called him like rabbi all the time. Okay, see that that stuff would just completely go over my head, but but at the same time, I do want to be somewhat sensitive to it. I mean, obviously, you know, people all over the world they really do care about this stuff, and and if a movie does something that would be kind of quote unquote incorrect. Um, if it's in the book that this is based on, then I don't give a fuck. Like he based on the book. If Scorsese picked things that weren't in the book that were incorrect, then maybe he should take a little bit of fire. I have no idea. I, I really don't know at all. But um, so, yeah, the immersion was probably my favorite thing. The second thing I would say is that obviously I am not a believer. And so, you know, Jesus Christ as a as a person just makes me so horribly sad, JP. I mean, honestly, the, that he obviously had some, you know, serious inklings on this and people really cared for him. And for him to, you know, if I, if I see him as, as not spiritual at all, as just a human being, I mean, it's really horrific. The things that he does, he, you know, he, he kind of leads the Jews some somewhat against their oppressors, but falls short in that end and ends up basically just getting horrifically tortured and mutilated and put on the cross to die. I mean, it really is a sad story. And, and at the same time, JP, you know, as somebody who as a teenager really was kind of anti-Christian in, in a lot of ways, 
And I still have, unfortunately, some of that bias in my heart, man. Some of the scenes that that uh, William Defoe as Jesus has to go through, they do unfortunately make me chuckle a little bit. Not not the torture and death scenes. I I was not chuckling at all about that. That was sick and and really rough. But JP, that scene where where he shows up to the tomb of Lazarus. And, and it's the whole, you know, he opens the tomb and he calls on God to resurrect Lazarus. Yeah. I mean, it really did make me chuckle JP because he's standing there and they open up the rock and they just get drenched in this stench and it, it must've smelled horrifically bad and it so bad, just disgusting. And William Dafoe as Jesus, like, recoils in horror and holds his nose and is just like god damn it dude like am i about to do this right now like it's those kind of scenes because obviously again not believing that this was any sort of miracle in my heart i'm just like i put myself in jesus's shoes and i'm like i'm just saying in my head like fuck my life right now like this is what i have to do right here i have to just get drenched in the smell of death and, and so it's those scenes that honestly kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Um, you know, almost, I guess all of the, um, well, the, the curing the blind guy was, was not really funny at all. It was, it was pretty cool looking, actually. I thought that that was a pretty cool scene, but like when he, he supposedly turns the water to wine and, and a guy's like, it's water, I'm telling you. And he's like, Go take a peek, wink, wink, smile, get drunk. Like it, it's just kind of, you know, I, I'm relating Jesus in such a human way, which I think the movie is trying to do a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And those scenes just kind of made me chuckle, man, and, and in a good way. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I was supposed to have those feelings, but I did. And so I really did like, uh, I really did like quite a bit. I mean, Obviously, like you said, it is a very Christian movie. For the most part, it abides by the Bible. And in that sense, a little tedious, you know, for me who doesn't really care about that stuff too much. But but again, educational for me because I really didn't know too much and and very cool, man. I, I mean, I, I do. Obviously, as I said, all of the actors who play any sort of prominent part are the whitest of the white and any character that plays a non-important part in the background or people who work at the market or are honestly, I think any of the negative people outside of Judas and the Romans are Muslim looking, um, you know, Middle Eastern looking. And so there's some racial tension that I I don't know if you really cared about, but it, it did kind of rub me the wrong way. I mean, obviously I know that, 1988 you're probably not going to make a blockbuster with a with a middle easterner playing jesus but it was kind of what was that i'm sorry thanks a lot martin i i still didn't catch it i'm so sorry (laughs) i said thanks a lot martin martin scorsese for for whitewashing uh jesus i mean it's not my it's not my favorite thing you know but but i totally understand it. it it's something that even to this day, obviously, you know, Mel Gibson directing the, the Christ-like film as well. But anyways, so at that point, it, that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I wasn't too enthused by Jesus being William Defoe, just the whitest of the white dudes. But, but overall, it was really immersive. I think the story was told pretty well. And another thing is that 
you know, before this, the only honestly, the only like thing that even is close to resembling this is Monty Python's Life of Brian. That is the only other film that even I've seen that ever talks about such a thing. And so when you see at the beginning, um, him nailing up another Jew who claims to be the Messiah. That's kind of life of Brian. I don't know if you've seen that film, uh, JP, have you seen life of Brian? Yeah. The Monty Python movie. Yeah. So, I mean, though, a big, a big joke in that movie is that, you know, anybody can be some sort of Messiah character that people will just flock to and follow because it's, it's something to do. And so a part of that was going through my head, like, why, why does you really care about following Jesus? Like he's talking about loving thy neighbor and stuff like that's, that's cool and all, I guess. But like, I don't know. It's just like, these people just have nothing to do except for, I mean, maybe they want to tend their flock of sheep, but really it's just, Hey man, let's just follow this dude around and see what happens. And, and they do see some wild shit, but overall, um, again, well-paced. I, I did find it I think it was well shot. I think a lot of the scenes looked very nice. I liked, you know, the lot of close-ups. It was easy to follow. Um, obviously, I wish that John Lurie's character honestly had a little bit more. He he really didn't have very much. I wish he had a little bit more, but um, but he was he was fun to see. I thought David Bowie again did a good job. And and overall, like you said, solid film. Not probably not something honestly that I would I would pick up again, which is a shame. I was kind of hoping that this would be a film that I, I do pick up in the future at some point. It probably isn't, but um, but happy to go through it and and happy to kind of you know all the judgments on Kaitel and all the judgments that it was just blasphemous bullshit and stuff. I I'm so happy to kind of disregard those and just see it as a as a solid movie that, that anybody, even if they're a religious, uh, can enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I know I just rambled for, for so long. Um, any, uh, feedback or, or follow-up thoughts? No, um, <laughs> uh, we've got, Ooh, we've got Cape fear next. Is that true? Is it? Oh man. I'm so excited if that's true. Goodfellas is next, but we can just like mention Goodfellas. I feel like everybody's seen that. I will probably, you know, that's a good call. I, I think that I have the Goodfellas Blu-ray that I, I need to vet that, but if I do, and it has a whole bunch of, bonus content and, and hopefully honestly a Scorsese um director's commentary if that if I have that JP I might ask for us to kind of maybe just we, we might not even have to meet up Monday or maybe it's short-lived but but I would like to watch all of that as kind of a separate film because obviously I have seen Goodfellas like five times but but I would like to maybe go deeper because it's just it's just so unbelievably good in my opinion um but if I don't have that and all I can get is some torrented just straight up the movie, then in that case, I, I agree with you. Let's um, let's just kind of give it a little toast and then and then move on. But um, is that OK with you if you, I kind of keep you on call for a bit for that? Yeah, that's fine. OK, but but let's let me just uh, double check here. So you're, we do have your right Goodfellas. And then he's got some, he started working through some little short stories here. And then you get to Cape Fear, which is in 1991. So we're moving into the nineties. Cape Fear, a movie that you've, you have a claim to me. Um, so I am very excited about it. Um, and, and I'm sorry that, you know, there really wasn't a lot of, uh, 
back and forth dialogue about this movie. But I, I do think that The Last Temptation of Christ is just a movie that you you watch and you internalize and and whatever kind of stands out to you does. And, and there's really, I mean, there's really not a lot of question marks to be had here. There's no, there's no plot discrepancies. Um, it is what it is. And, and I think that it's it's definitely worth a watch. But um let's let me peek at my Blu-ray stack uh tonight or tomorrow and get back to you. And, uh, and whatever happens, we will be tuning in next Monday, of course. And I'm guessing that the NF new, NFL news has slowed down at this point. Hopefully, honestly, stop for a little bit because it has been a wild couple of, couple of weeks. And, uh, and we can focus on either the Goodfellas or, or Cape Fear. I'm sure it'll be uh, fantastic either way. But um, thanks, for, uh, thanks for watching the film, man. Thanks for your thoughts. I, I agree with your sentiments completely. And, you know, JP, I was thinking... I don't know how we would manage this, but uh, I was thinking, you know, we watch all these films and, and it's really fun to get together and talk about them. Do you think maybe sometime we should try to like watch a film live and and kind of record? I would I would have to obviously, you know, condense our thoughts um, throughout the film. I don't want a three hour uh, podcast, but w- would you ever be interested in maybe kind of watching at the same time on a on a zoom and, and talking through it, or, or do you prefer to kind of watch it by yourself? I don't mind either way. Oh, that sounds, that sounds like fun. Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll see about, uh, see Cape fear you have seen before. So I know that, um, let's talk offline, but, uh, but cool. I'm glad that you're interested because I think, I think it could be a lot of fun. All right. Well, we will, uh, we'll see you, uh, next Monday, regardless, man. Take care till then. All right. See ya. Yeah.